0: Hi, this is Elise, and welcome to the Fabulously Spiritual Podcast. I'm here to inspire, awaken, share some stories, share some new perspectives with you, talk some truth, and help others on their own spiritual journey. to pop on today for a little solo podcast and just, you know, introduce myself and tell you a little bit about myself, a little bit about my story, um, how I got into the practices that I do um, and how it's changed and um, about the teachings and how I teach and all that good stuff. So. Let me jump right in. I'm going to try to make this as short and sweet as possible. Um, But, you know, the basis of my practice has been Kundalini Yoga and I started that in 2008. I kind of walked into a class by accident um, in Newport, Rhode Island called Soma Yoga and there was a male teacher in the class and I remember um, I was 20 years old at the time and I went into the class and I remember, you know, some weird breath work. And I remember this man, this teacher wearing this like little knit cap. And I just went in and I thought, whatever, let me just try it out. What is this kundalini thing? So um, I remember like holding my legs up and doing some weird breath work, which now I realize was breath of fire and holding some pose. And it, it was just strange. It wasn't like a regular yoga class that I was used to. So I left and I met my boyfriend at the time at a restaurant. He was a bartender. So I sat at the bar and I remember – and at that time I couldn't even drink but I was just, you know, sitting with them and I remember saying, you know, I went to this really weird class but I feel really good. And I was kind of explaining a little bit about it. And that was kind of it for a little while. Um, And then I was living in New York because I – I went to FIT in New York City and I used to study fashion and you know all that good stuff and I was working, I was always into yoga, I started doing yoga when I was 16 years old so um, I went to, um, I was working at um, Pure Yoga on the Upper East Side and I remember when I was working there I used to sometimes take classes Kundalini classes there with a teacher um, I think it was Satkiran or something like that I, I met her years later after I left New York um, so and again I took the classes they were interesting um, and that was kind of it i would take them but i wasn't like super into them so fast forward that summer i graduated from college my ex-boyfriend broke up with me i was devastated i remember at the time i was working at abc, ABC carpet and home in uh, new york and i was an intern there in the buying office and i remember walking in being Devastated and, you know, having to leave New York and whatever. And um, that is what started my spiritual journey. And that was in 2009. And from heartache, which was pretty incredible, it cracked me wide open. Um, And the funny thing is why I mentioned ABC Carpet and Home, because it's so funny now that that's where my journey started. And many years later now I'm seeing all these like Kundalini practices there and talks and like all this really cool stuff. Um, so and I remember just loving the energy there and the space. So it's funny how, you know, things kind of work themselves out. But anyway, I came home that summer back to Rhode Island. I was devastated and I ended up in Kundalini class again. And that's when I got really into it, it was probably in two thousand nine. Um, and I was there really to heal myself. Um, I was so devastated by this heartbreak that I, um, that I remember thinking, what is wrong with me? Um, why did this person not like me and why, you know, I kept feeling like I did everything right. I did everything that I could. And, um, I was just so heartbroken and, and, you know, betrayed and like all of those good things that are actually good for you, but you don't realize at the time. So um, I used to practice at this place called Tenth Gate in, in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, and um, I was there for many years, and um, I got ended up getting a job, and I worked in fashion at a big retail company in Boston, but I was still living with my parents at the time in Portsmouth, so I would take the Kundalini classes before I did my commute to work, um, and that's when it all started for me, the healing process, and I think like probably you know six months into the practice of a regular practice I started doing like my first 40-day practices where I just you know would wake up in the morning at four thirty in the morning and I would you know have my little kind of altar that I set up in my room and I'd meditate and I'd pray there and I'd um, cry and heal and um, I remember when I was in the classes I remember when I first started I that being so um, taken aback that I was sitting in the back of the class crying because I wasn't a person that cried in public and I was like why am I crying in this class this is so embarrassing Um. so little did I know years later I was just going through a tremendous amount of healing just in that room so I um, am so um, honored for that being a part of that studio um when it was open and to kind of start my my really deep dive my journey there so um yeah I was I practiced probably five or six years before I decided to be a teacher and only because I really didn't first of all I was working I was busy I had this corporate job and um I thought I wanted to you know move up in the company and do all that stuff um And anytime I practiced, I noticed, um, you know, all the good things that happened, you know, I would get promoted and like all these great things. But um, the funny thing is, is that I, what would happen was there was always something blocking me. There was always something in the way trying to force me to go back to the practice and not do this corporate um, thing and it was, you know, I stayed with the company, um, uh, for five or six years and the whole time, you know, that was happening towards the end. I ended up doing my teacher training, which was in, um, like 2013, I think, or 2014, something like that. Um, so I did my training and, you know, I was actually pregnant with my first son during my first train during my training and um and that's when I made the shift you know I was like you know what the minute I got pregnant and I was doing this teacher training I said to myself I'm not supposed to be in this corporate world and all the signs have been telling me that but I haven't been listening so um the minute I had my son I, I left and um I started teaching I think when he was like three or four months old I just jumped in I said you know what the hell I'll start teaching so it's been almost um I so I you know didn't teach right away after I got certified but it's been almost 10 years that I've been teaching at this point so um I taught you know through my second pregnancy too um and I have to say, it was the practice that um, brought me out of any postpartum depression, and I understand how women can go through that, especially with your first child, it's so life-changing. Every single thing about you changes, Um, everything about your world changes and you have a sense of loss of i, I you lose your identity in a, in a way um, and i think that's really where the depression kicks in because you're not the person that you were anymore and you're trying to figure out this new way of living and also you know lack of sleep and the hormones and everything else that comes with that but after my first son i started doing my practice but i just realized how i was kind of like in this Low place, but but fine. I was just in my cocoon, and I decided to stay there. Um, and until I started teaching and going out to classes to teach, that's when I started to kind of like come out of it a little bit more, and feel really happy and joyful and fulfilled, and you know, appreciative of my life. And um, it did so many wonderful things for me as a teacher, and in my own house, and you know, being able to connect with my children, and you know. Implementing certain practices um, and at the time I was a very very disciplined practitioner um, you know I used to try to wear the all white I used to try to wear the turban for a little bit didn't really jive with me to be honest with you so I changed that qu- quickly but I feel like I need to just try it out um, but I was quite religious with my practice you know I would wake up early I would do the cold showers I would do the dry brushing I would do all of the things I wasn't doing sadhana every single day which is if you don't know what that is it's like a morning practice that's like two and a half hours long that you do before the sun rises and the rays of the sun hit the earth at a certain degree which you know causes a certain effect and and you know you get you the energy um it, it elevates you in a different way it's more intense at that time uh, but you can meditate anytime um so I was doing those things and you know I was teaching four days a week so I was very disciplined in my practice I wouldn't miss a day and it was great and it made me feel amazing it made me feel like a goddess it made me feel all of these wonderful things and I would and I healed myself through teaching uh, because something that people don't realize about me is that I was always an extremely, extremely shy person, shy, awkward, social anxiety, Um, and teaching is the thing that got me out of that. And I I have to tell you, I was like that my whole life, Uh, painfully, painfully shy, painfully uncomfortable in my own skin, Um, and and, and I couldn't even speak in front of a crowd. I couldn't speak, you know, I, I was just painfully, painfully shy. Um, and teaching made me so uncomfortable at first. Uh, the fact that I had to chant in front of people and, you know, speak in front of a crowd and, you know, but I did it and I, I had so much tremendous healing from that experience. So jump to when I had my second child, I knew exactly what to do right after postpartum. So I had my second kid and, you know, literally three days after birth, I was like, you know, I, I'm going straight into Sudarshan Chakra Kriya. I'm going to start to stimulate that navel point again, you know, get my um, root chakra, you know, everything kind of like gently, but but everything kind of back in motion and moving again and feel in control of my emotions again and get out of any sort of depression. And let me tell you, it worked for me. I did not feel like I felt the, after the first child. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot to that that people especially women of you know that give birth um, should look into uh, because it'll help you in that transition those first three months are very difficult Um, and if you're just kind of in your little cocoon with your your baby and your breastfeeding or whatever you can do something very gently to kind of just shift your energy and come back to yourself slowly by slowly so um, yeah so I continued teaching for many years and I think it was you know when my kids became um more like toddler and you know moving around and things got a little bit crazy that's when I had to pull back a little bit because life was changing again for me um it was a completely different you know world um you you know if you have children you know because life changes and has many different um patterns and stages Um, so I had to learn how to really ebb and flow with those stages so one of the biggest things for me was making the change to be less disciplined Um, because when you have little kids running around all day and you think that you're gonna practice at six o'clock every morning, and they're up at 5.30, and they're running around, and all of this stuff is happening, my initial reaction was anger. You know, you're ruining my time. I need this time for myself. So I had a very um, difficult time making adjustments to my practice because I was so rigid with it for so many years. And I think that this is where the biggest change for me came Um, because I saw so much of the beauty that came with the practice, that it was hard for me to um, let it go and just kind of live life without it. It became such a crutch for me, an excuse for me. um, And it took me many years to let it go and I'd have to stop practicing for a little while here and there to be honest with you to just live regular life and let go of any guilt of being a human and being around regular people because in a spiritual community that I was kind of involved with a little bit uh, people are so clean and so perfect a lot of the times so it's intimidating it really holds you up at this pedestal that you have to be this way so it was hard for me to interact with other people because you know with a lot of these practices come a lot of spiritual ego and you start to put yourself on a pedestal like no they drink they do this they do you know and i'm clean and i'm almighty and i'm like you know and you start to have those kind of thought patterns which is the shadow side of a uh, spiritual practice when you're rigid. Okay. So it took me years to move out of that space. And I feel like that really didn't happen for me until, um, probably COVID maybe, maybe the 2019, 2018. And that's when I kind of had to drop the practice for a little bit and just live and just really live and experience life without guilt because I had so much guilt with living and with having a glass of wine and with doing this and with doing that because I thought I had to be this freaking saint because I, I signed a teacher contract. Um, and that was the piece of, um, kundalini yoga that I never liked I felt because I signed this teacher contract I kind of signed my soul away um which I didn't I had to detach from that um and I'm sure there's a lot of other teachers that felt that way as well and I felt like the biggest life-changing moment to be honest with you is if anyone does kundalini or studies it or knows about it is when the book came out about yogi bhajan and I was never like a Yogi Bhajan worshiper, but finally at that moment, he felt from, fell from grace and he was human. And I think finally in that moment, it gave people like myself a minute to relax and say, you know, this is a tool and I'm going to use it as a tool and not a religion. And when I made that shift of, of deciding to stop being religious, or rigid with my practice and start looking at it as a tool to elevate myself that's when everything started to shift for me and I started to let go of some of my guilt and um, I just started to let myself live and say you know I'm here to live this life and experience it and why do I keep putting all these um, this pressure on myself to be this perfect human and I think that a lot of people that were in that practice had a really difficult time um, with it and honestly stopped doing the practice, which I mean, when the stuff came out about Yogi Bhajan. And, you know, the thing is, I think it was such a blessing and not for any victims or anything that happened, but I'm just saying it finally the guru thing that people were holding on to finally crumbled And they realized that, you know, he was, he had a purpose. He was here to teach a practice, but he needed to crumble because it's, it was, it's symbolism of like, you do not need a teacher like that anymore. You're your own teacher. But guess what? Here are some tools to help you. And, you know, that was a huge shift for me. Letting go. And then you know i ended up starting to train in reiki and you know i've done you know a couple other different levels of kundalini training but you know my overall thing that i've always been into has been energy work and i've always had this very innate understanding of how energy flows and what things feel like and i've always had um this very intuitive sense and been it, I'm I have always been able to read a room and read people's energies really well and understand patterns and what they look like and if I did this this happens and if I do this and if I change this you know these are these are the effects so you know I started to um go into manifestation and you know study that a little bit more for myself and Understand how it was working within myself, and when I was a certain way, why things didn't work out, and if I use this, this is why this happened, and if I did this, you know, oh wow, that happened, and if I kind of forgot about everything and let everything go, wow, all of a sudden all these start things started happening, and I saw these patterns very early on in my practice. So, um, you know, a couple years ago, I ended up. Um, Creating a course, Manifestation Keys, which you can get on my app. And it's the practice of where I teach you kind of the mindset, the steps of manifestation, but the mindset hacks um, of manifestation within those steps, and then the meditations that help bring you more release. So, it's, for example, um, when you're fearful and you're full of fear, yeah, you can think this, that, and the other to change your mind. However, If you do this meditation, you can shift your energy. And I think those are some of the most important um, tools to have with the process of manifestation. You need the tool, okay? Because you can talk about how you're gonna change your mindset all day, but if you don't physically feel the change in your body, um, it doesn't happen for you. So, for example, I was looking the other day, um, you know, I I myself was trying to let go of something I was feeling really attached to. I'm like, oh my God, my body won't let this go. My head keeps thinking about it. My body just won't let it go. And I know I'm not the only one that gets into these spaces that I can't stop thinking about this, that the fact that I couldn't stop thinking about it was pushing it farther away. And I already knew that. But how do I let this go? So guess what, here's the meditation to let it go. So you practice this meditation and you use it as a tool when you need it. This is not exact science. Every step of manifestation isn't, what, isn't the same exact uh, sequence for everyone. You just have to be aware of your own body um, and where you are. It's just an internal awareness. So, you know, the kundalini stuff which gave me this incredible foundation of energy work and these incredible tools um, that I love to teach. However, I think I like talking about it more. Um, it led me to teach manifestation in a very different way than other people because I have the energy background Uh, behind it to teach people how to shift out of their lower frequencies and you know I I use them every day in my life I'm not always doing these meditations that I, I teach but I'm having some sort of practice but I know what to go to if I'm in a certain place and you know where I am right now is in a very different place than where I was five years ago I don't practice my meditations the same way I did anymore I'm not rigid I use them when I need them I have a daily practice that I do um, right now for you know um, more sinking into loving everything in my life I really have more of a deep gratitude practice right now versus a physical practice which is where I need to be. And I bring the physical practice in when I need a little boost. Um, and I'm going to go, you know, I go through my phases of when I want to go deeper and when I when I don't. But right now I feel like it's mostly this really beautiful space of gratitude, which is what I'm writing about. And this mantra, nine beautiful words that I'm going to be teaching about more deeply, which again goes along and pairs with this manifestation process. Um, and the, the beauty is everything I teach is everything that I, I go through myself. And, you know, as I'm going through these changes of really bringing in tremendous amount of gratitude and love for the life that I have, um, I, I'm making those shifts and I'm sharing them with you as I make them. So that's where I'm at on my journey. Um, and you know, I can go through all the trauma and whatever but we'll save that for another time but I think that um any takeaway that you're going to take from this podcast is um number one don't be rigid with yourself but freaking explore life and experience it um and who cares what anyone thinks and and don't listen to all the rules because that holds you back it creates guilt Um, that was the biggest life lesson for me was get rid of the guilt and just live and and do what you can that makes you feel good and makes you feel expansive. So I don't follow any rules anymore. So for anyone that would say, oh, you're a Kundalini teacher and you're supposed to do this and that and the other, I pretty much say, F you, I do what I want. (laughs) And, um, you know, I go with the flow now. And I, I, and I experience everything and nothing's off the table. And if I want to do this today, then, you know, that's what I do. And, and for me right now, it's about bringing in gratitude and connection. And how can I reach more people? And how can I share more tools with people that are easy and simple? Why do we overcomplicate everything? You know, those are my biggest takeaways right now is, you know, stop making everything so complicated the world is already very complicated right now it's getting more complicated let's simplify it for ourselves and let's release the guilt and the shame and the the negative pressure that's holding us down and let's just live and share a little bit more love with people and connect with people more deeply and get off your damn phones so you know take a moment and and create space in your life which is also what I'm doing right now as well how much more space can I create how much more energy can I hold so that's it I hope you have a beautiful day thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon